love it. I love the energy. I love the screams of the Canada theme song. Somewhere out there, all the Canada haters are screaming because here we are. We've got 620 episodes of the main show, and now we're on episode 14 of the Canada Club. Welcome, everybody, to Club Canada. If you're brand new to Club Canada, a very special welcome because we surpassed 200 Patreon contributors last night. We are now at 203. I want to welcome Eric, Aaron, and Concrete Hard T to the party. Ken, Eric, Aaron, all the new members, and all of you out there who have been a member since day one, thank you so much. Here's what I want to talk about on this club episode. I want to deconstruct the David Fix interview. If you haven't listened to it yet, I recommend you turn off this club episode and you go listen to the David Fix interview and then come back here. And I want to give you sort of like my true feelings about that interview. First, I want to say thank you to David Fix for doing the interview. If you heard that interview and you've heard my show over the years, every time I do an interview, it always, and I mean this 100% of the time, it always makes the person I'm interviewing come out looking great. They come out talking to the largest pinball podcast audience. I give them a very respectful stage to talk about their vision and what they want to talk about. And I know I've talked to guys like Robert Mueller and fools like that who got to spew all their garbage. And I just wanted guys like Robert to talk so you could hear how ludicrous their plans were. Now, I want to talk about the David Fix interview right now because David Fix said some stuff that I think was really interesting, and I think it's stuff that I want to tell you how I feel about it. Ultimately, I want to tell you what I think their opportunity is, and I think there are major challenges moving forward for American Pinball. I didn't want to challenge him on the show and on the interview because here's why. I have not seen the fruits of their labor yet. Until they show us what they've been working on, not just the junior designer stuff, but the Dennis Nordman game, until they show this stuff, if I were to criticize it at this point, at this point, I would be a bully. Now, now I've gone on the record and I've publicly said that I do not think Legends of Valhalla will be a good theme. I don't think it will sell. Now, he didn't tell me it was going to be Legends of Valhalla, but if it is that, Mm, You know, I don't know how that's going to do. But let me get right to what I think the big challenge for this company is going to be. And it was on the show and he said it and he confirmed for everybody out there. The next two titles from American Pinball are going to be original IP games. Now, here's why I think this is going to be super difficult for American Pinball. First and foremost, when I heard that, it made me feel like they really haven't learned their lesson. Now, Houdini and Oktoberfest were both original IP games. They're not like original, original IP games because both of those IPs are based on stuff in culture that they did not create. Like, they didn't create Houdini, they didn't create Oktoberfest. So, if they make a game like Legends of Valhalla, you could argue that that's also not original, original IP because they did not create Vikings. But here's the main question I have for everybody listening right now. And this is what I was thinking about when he said that. Have you ever seen a pinball company in modern times be successful selling back-to-back original IP games? And we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it from anybody. In fact, if you were to ask another question, how many original IP games have been successful even on their own 
in the pinball marketplace. David used an example of the dialed-in launch at Pinball Expo as a moment in which people celebrated an original IP game. Now, I didn't challenge him on this, but if you watch the Expo reveal of dialed-in when they packed that room, and he was right, they packed that room with 300 people. But I was watching online, like a lot of you, and I had friends in the room who were there when it happened. When they pulled off those sheets and they revealed dialed into the world, you could hear a pin drop in that room. People were not excited. People were sort of like shocked at what they saw. They didn't really warm up to it. If that had been anything else like The Matrix or Big Trouble or Transformers, there would have been a standing ovation to welcome Pat Lawler back to pinball because you got to remember, right? This was Pat Lawler's like three to five year in the making opus title that he was going to put everything into this Jersey Jack machine and blow us away. And then it was dialed in. And to this day, dialed in has not been a sales success for Jersey Jack pinball. A dirty little secret about Dialed In is the amount of time and money Jack Guanari invested in this game, and it flopped when you look at it through that filter. Pat Lawler took three years to make this game and X amount of money, and Jack was expecting the game in like a year to a year and a half in development. It took twice as long to develop, and it sold half as much as they needed it to. Not only that, what Pat did by forcing Jersey Jack into a new cabinet he basically messed up everything they had going with Hobbit and Wizard of Oz. You went from a wide body company, you went from all these parts that were designed to be wide body to a standard body game, and now they had to completely retool everything, and that is another big reason why Jersey Jack Pinball sort of ran out of money. Okay, but that's not my main point. So dialed in, kind of not really a success. Okay, then we go over to TNA. Now, arguably, TNA is the most successful original IP game I've seen since I've been covering pinball. TNA was a game in which Spooky Pinball acquired Scott Denisi's homebrew game that he made in his basement, and they sold roughly 550 of them, which is a success when you consider the fact that this was a completely original game, that Spooky Pinball's goal and target was right around there. This was an absolute success. But remember, success at 500 units is good for Spooky. That's not the target of a company like AP. That's surely not the target of a company like JJP. So then let's look at the other original IP game that Stern made, Black Knight, Sword of Rage, another game. Another game that was basically a commercial flop. And so then you have to look at all of these original IP games and how hard it is, right? How hard it is for them to sell in a marketplace that's giving you themes like Ghostbusters, Star Wars, Guns N' Roses, Willy Wonka, Batman, Jurassic Park, Godzilla, right? The list goes on and on and on. Alien, The Big Lebowski. Everything that has a license attached to it comes with a fan base in the millions. So how do you launch a pinball machine in a market like that where it's based on a theme that nobody really knows, where it's based on a theme that doesn't have a built-in following? See, then what you're banking on is one thing. You only have one fan base to emotionally connect to, and that's just pinball players. 
Like, you need a game that's actually, like, amazing to a pinball fanatic. And every time we see original IP games, like Cosmic Carnival is a great example. Why did that game flop? Celts, another example. Why did that game flop? Because these aren't games that are even good on a pinball level. I would argue that TNA, that TNA is a little bit of an anomaly. It was a game that Scott Denisi brought around to different shows for a long period of time. He built a following around the game. He made everybody feel good about supporting the game. I would also argue that TNA came out at the right time in which people were just looking for something unique and different. And his game definitely was that. The light show, the music, the fast-paced nature of that game. It was like a different flavor of ice cream to people who love ice cream. And it was a flavor that was very delicious to a lot of pinball fanatics. Now, TNA could not sell to just casual people who want a pinball machine because those people are going to put something in there that they connect with. TNA sold to fans of Scott. It sold to fans of pinball. It didn't sell to a broader audience. And so, let's take it back to American Pinball. For them to be successful, for this to work, and again, I don't know yet what the games are. For this to work, a few things have to happen. First and foremost... The games themselves have to really click with the pinball enthusiast, which means there needs to be stuff in these games that feels unique, it feels like you're not getting it anywhere else, and it feels like something that breaks up the monotony of what the other manufacturers are providing. It almost needs to be so good on a pinball level that you are willing to forget the fact that there is no licensed theme. That's a really big challenge, and that's a really big hurdle. Will they be able to do that? Now, if it's Legends of Valhalla, and we've seen this game. We've seen this game. You can Google it. It's on YouTube. If it's that game, I can tell you right now that I don't believe that game has enough of that to really win people over. I don't. The other thing too, it's not just gameplay, right? Does the art package, does the music, does the callouts, does the code have enough in it that makes people say this is worth purchasing? All of us out there will play anything, right? If I see a new pinball machine at a show, I'll jump on it, I'll enjoy it. Almost all pinball is fun. But for them to launch a game that makes you wanna own it, there needs to be something special. Now, it's clear from the interview that American Pinball will be competitively pricing their machines. So I do not expect their deluxe edition of this original game to be anywhere near $10,000. If I were to guess, I think the classic edition of an AP game is gonna be $6,000 and the deluxe edition is gonna be $7,500 to $8,000 and that's it. They're not gonna go over it. They know that. They can't charge as much for an original IP game as a game that requires an expensive license. And so they are going to try to use price as a way to incentivize people to buy. And that's going to work in their favor because if you look at the prices of machines right now, they're astronomical. The prices are pushing more towards 15K and less towards 5K. It sounds incredible to say that, 
but we're getting closer to $15,000 for the kinds of machines people want than we are to $5,000, which is what all of these machines used to be just a few years ago. When I was talking to David, the part that really did confuse me, and this is something that we'll see, you know, we'll see, because I'm still like, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure uh, they quite get it, like they get the marketplace is that I think he did legitimately feel that the dialed-in launch was a success. And he said it. And I thought he was going to say something like, oh, you know, like it was mixed results and lukewarm response. But no, he said people jumped on the game. They loved the game. And here's the danger in marketing. Sometimes when you know, I've got to market this thing. So he knows deep down inside what the next game is. And maybe it's Legends of Valhalla. Maybe it's Sherlock Holmes. He knows what his cards are, right? He knows what hand he has. And sometimes in marketing, the biggest challenge is, is you can get tunnel vision. You can start to see things the way you wanna see it because you need to see it that way to feel good about what you have because you still wanna win in the marketplace. And so I think he looks at that dialed in launch a little bit with rose colored glasses that, hey look, that worked, we can make it work. I just don't see AP coming out with an original game that has nearly as much in it as dialed in. I also don't think a game coming out from a brand new designer will bring you a fan base like Pat Lawler's or Steve Ritchie's. And that's the other major hurdle here. If you're an iconic pinball designer from yesteryears, there's a good chance that you have a legion of followers that have loved you for decades. So what happens when you bring out a brand new game from a brand new design team? There's almost no fan base. Again, Scott Denisi built that fan base by going around to all those shows all those months. And that is why I said, the way to market a game like this, American Pinball's next game, it's not to do what they're gonna do. It's not to just pull the curtain off it one day. They really need to bring this game around to shows. They need to win people over. They need to win goodwill with the community. They need to convince you. And it's going to be a longer convincing if it's an original IP than if it was Matrix, than if it was like Top Gun, right? It's going to take a while to sort of build up enthusiasm for something brand new. I'm not saying it's not gonna work, but that's such a more difficult pathway to success in pinball than doing what Stern does, than doing what Jersey Jack does, than doing what even Spooky has done. And the other part that's just crazy is I've never seen someone go back to back on original IPs like this. Normally, normally you've got your original game and then you've got your big license game ready to go next. The fact that Dennis's first title is original that has me worried. It has me worried because what happens if the first game doesn't sell really well? What are you going to do? What if the line's not really jammed with orders? What do you do then? Do you quickly bring Dennis's game out? But what if that game doesn't do well? I don't think in this industry there is any room to survive if you have two flops in a row. Now, the only company that's really survived with two kind of flops in a row has been American Pinball. But there's going to come a point where Mukesh and the Aimtron money that is obviously being funneled into American Pinball, he's going to get tired of it. And it does feel like Mukesh hit up David to steer the ship in the right direction. And this is his shot. But the part that I just can't get over 
If you do market research and you know what it takes to sell pinball machines and sell pinball machines sight unseen, this is not how you do it. And I just wish after all this time of being able to evaluate the marketplace, I think they needed a title that was just a take my money now kind of title that at least had a fan base. So we shall see. We shall see if they can pull this off. The good news is this. We're going to be able to see what their thing is in just a couple weeks. I mean, David said the game will be at Expo and we might see it before Expo. So they've got a really steep hill to climb. They've got a strategy that has proven not to really work well for pinball companies. Will they be able to do it? Will AP be able to come out with an original IP game or two that really impresses people and gets people to buy it? We'll see. We'll see. And it's got to be appealing to the home buyer, right? They can't expect to win at the operator level. Every time someone tries to compete at the operator level, they're competing with Stern, and now Stern's got their insider connected, which makes their products even more appealing to operators, and AP doesn't have anything like that. Jersey Jack has nothing like that. Nobody else has anything like that. Stern owns the operator pinball market. There is no way to beat Stern at what they're doing there. So time will tell. Time will tell. What else is going on, club members? I always try to be a little bit more candid with my club members about things going on. You know, I'll be honest. I never heard back from Ryan White, and it was really disappointing. And this is not a personal attack, but it was just a really weird thing he did. It was really weird that he called me up, told me he was going to do all this stuff for me, then completely ignored me, and then completely went against the things he said he was going to do. And it's strange because even after all of that, right, even after he avoided giving me the information when he said he was, even after he put up the press release, I mean, I just texted him and was like, look, man, it's cool, like whatever, no response. Tried to get him to sort of respond, and I don't get that. The reason I don't get it is he reached out to me. That was the funny part. He reaches out to me. Says he wants to work with me, says he wants to give me exclusives, then bails, doesn't communicate, and then he stops and he ghosts me now. And that's, that's my relationship right now with Ryan White. Pinball drama is so boring. Doesn't it suck? I hate talking about like the pinball personalities, the pinball this. The People want to talk about the games and let, let's finish on a game. This is a game where I think right now, and I mean this, I think this game right now is getting more excuses made for it. I absolutely respect Spooky Pinball. I respect Spooky Pinball. I think they were very smart. I think they launched their games at the right time. I think they've made the best play fields in all of pinball. I think they've improved their product with every single new game they've had. Absolutely. Spooky Pinball is how you build a company slowly and how you build it up. I'm concerned about Halloween. I think Halloween is a game, every time I see the video, every time I play it, every time I see what's going on with the code in that game, I get really concerned. And I think there are a bunch of owners who are getting very delusional about what should be in a pinball machine. And I'm afraid to talk about it. I really am. I'm like, It's like, if Halloween is supposed to be a scary pinball machine, the only thing that's scary is what happens when you actually are honest about it. Because when you're honest about what you're seeing, you get absolutely attacked by the owners of this game. And they don't want to hear it. It's the weirdest thing ever. I've never seen a more vicious group of people 
than spooky pinball fans who will defend everything about their games regardless, regardless if there's any merit to your concerns. I mean, I've seen it with like Rick and Morty. I mean, my friend Rare Hero, if you say anything bad about Rick and Morty, the vitriol of defense that comes at you is unbelievable. But I can't understand how anyone who appreciates the way a pinball machine should shoot would ever like Rick and Morty. The game doesn't shoot good. And everybody knows that. Even people over at Spooky know that. The game doesn't shoot good. Even Scott Denisi admits that there were some design mistakes. When they moved that upper right flipper, they didn't move everything else on the left side. So it created a lot more of a clunky gameplay experience. But don't tell that to Spooky owners who have it. They'll tell you, you just got to dial it in and then it plays so smooth. No, it doesn't. No, it does not. But here's my concern is that the real issue with Halloween is all the code. It's the code and the animations, and those things can be fixed. But my concern is that people are not accurately expressing how they feel because they are afraid they will be attacked. And I'm seeing it go on in the thread right now, and I'm seeing it go on not just about the code, but the animations in that game. Really, people? You're really going to spend nine to $10,000 and think that those animations pass in a pinball machine in 2021. You look at the LCD, right? You look at the clips. It's just not coming together very well. It really isn't. And look, that's my opinion. Here's the thing, and I'm just gonna say this, and here's, here's my real feeling on this, and I'm just gonna say this, and I mean this. I don't ever wanna buy something like a pinball machine, and I don't wanna play something that's $10,000, that's made by experts who get to focus on that machine for years. Like, they're developing these things for years. The moment I jump on something like a toy like this and I start playing it and I feel like this should be different, that should be different, those animations aren't good, where are the callouts? how come I don't know what to do, I don't want to have to give feedback to fix something that a company that is focused on this, that should be experts on it, they shouldn't make you want to change their product for the better. I'm sorry. The moment the community has to get together and solve your issues, that's a problem. Nobody jumps on a Lyman Sheets game and is like, hey, Lyman, here's the 10 things you need to do. No. And at these prices, you should get close to perfection in pinball. And I know there's people who will continue to make excuses. There's people who will continue to accept washed out LCD screens that don't have true blacks. Yeah, they're still using the same screens that they did in Rick and Morty the same screen they did in TNA. These are not better LCD screens. So if you want a pure black screen, you're gonna have to replace it the way Kaneda did when he replaced his Rick and Morty screen. It's like a $5 part, can't change that. But I wanna be able to have like a discussion about this game without being attacked. I know Charlie and company have thick skin. I know inside those company walls, they wish they had a little bit more assets than they do in the game. But building a ship in the ocean like this, it's dicey. It really is dicey. Like you could do it when you're stern and it's Batman 66. Like you could put out a game that doesn't have much in it and you know it's Lyman Sheets. You could do it with Jersey Jack and you know it's Keith Johnson. But can you do this with a spooky game? I don't know. I don't know. Can Phasma figure out both Ultraman and Rick and Morty? Two games at once. It's twice as much on his plate. I'm just not convinced they really have the resources to take this game to the place it needs to be in 2021.
and I'm afraid to say it. And it's terrifying because I don't want to be attacked because I don't even like the Halloween movie. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't even like this franchise. It doesn't matter that much to me. But even so, if I don't even like Godzilla that much and I look at the Godzilla pinball machine, I see so much amazing Godzilla stuff on the screen and I see amazing code. Same thing with Guns N' Roses. If I don't like Guns N' Roses, I can really appreciate what they're doing with the Guns N' Roses code. Even if I don't like Halloween, I should be able to look at what's happening in that game and appreciate the effort that went into what's on the screen and what's in the code and the callouts and everything. And I just can't yet. And I know it's early. Don't, don't crucify Canada. It's not my fault that companies want to sell you stuff way before it's done and that all I can critique it on is the unfinished product. That was their decision. It wasn't mine. It was theirs. And I think we're at a point now where Chicago Gaming Company is going to drop Cactus Canyon Remake completely finished. And then they're going to have a Lyman Sheets version that enhances that. But it's going to be done, like complete game with new code. The Lyman thing is all new additional code. So I just am worried about Halloween, which means I'm a little bit worried about Ultraman, which means I'm a little bit scared that we can't give feedback without getting attacked. Do you guys feel the same way? I feel this way about when I give spooky feedback. I feel like these owners are like angry. It's like they're angry. How dare you? How dare you insult the game that I've never played? This is them. They've never played it. They've never flipped it. They've never seen the code. And if you've played it, like I've played this game more than most of these owners. I've been the jack bar. I've played the game. If you say something negative, don't rain on the thing that I already ordered. I mean, it's too late for these people. They've already bought the machine and 1,250 Halloween people have put down deposits that are non-refundable. And that's why you're seeing so many pop up for sale. Again, it's a dirty little secret nobody wants to talk about is that people can't get out. They can't just get a refund. Imagine if they offered refunds when people saw what was up on that screen. How many refunds do you think people would ask for? Spooky did the smart thing. They locked everybody in. I'm just terrified. Canada can't say how he really feels about Halloween, but I'll say it to them when I see them. This is not how I see this movie coming to life in code format in a pinball machine. Does anyone disagree? Like email me at canadapinball at gmail.com. Email me if you've seen something that's really blowing you away. All right, if, if it's really blowing you away. I also saw on the thread too, some guy came in and was like, GNR sucks, GNR has no mechs. And then someone's like, where are the mechs in Halloween and Ultraman? I mean, think about it. True mechanisms, true things that the ball interacts with that really changes the gameplay. There's not much in either game. I mean, I would argue that there is no outstanding mechanism in Guns N' Roses and Spooky's Halloween and Ultraman. I think both of them do not have an amazing mech. To me, an amazing mech is the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. An amazing mech is the building in Godzilla. An amazing mech is like the disappearing magnet in Tales of the Arabian Nights. An amazing mech is the castle in Medieval Madness. Those are amazing mechs, okay? Don't look at GNR or Halloween and look for an amazing mech. I would love there to be amazing mechs in both games, but there are not. Everybody, thank you so much for contributing. This has been a nice little Friday morning sitting on my soapbox talking to just my club members about pinball. Hopefully, hopefully, Cliff Albert feels like this show was different enough from my main show because otherwise, 
Otherwise, Cliff is going to yank his $5 a month and I'm not going to know how to feed my kids. So come on, Cliff, I hope you enjoy this. I just gave you a shout out and an extra special shout out to Ed Robertson. Ed, thanks for the contribution. I know how much money you make, Ed. You can bump it up, buddy. You can bump it up. Anyway, guys, have an amazing weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Canada out. You know what it feels like.